It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. As Las Vegas continues to grow, not only as a world destination for entertainment, sports, conventions, dining, and retail, but also in population, the senior market segment is flourishing. According to usafacts.org, the population of Clark County, Nevada, home to Las Vegas, was 2.3 million in 2021. And according to worldpopulationreview.com, there are 653,533 seniors living in Las Vegas in 2022. That's a significant part of the population, and one that my guest, Dan Roberts, communicates monthly with as publisher-editor of The Vegas Voice. The Vegas Voice also promotes events, including a political ballot forum on October 17th at 6 p.m., sponsors a weekly radio show, and is active in guardianship reform and their new senior civic project, Death with Dignity, Final Wishes Options in Nevada. For everything about Vegas Voice, go to vegasvoice.net and follow them on Facebook and YouTube. And Dan, welcome to the show. And I thank you very much for having me, Ira. Tell us a pleasure. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved in senior issues and the Vegas Voice. You know, it's one of those very long stories. Like, I don't know how it began, but it was pretty much when I left New York in uh, 1999 and we came out here and I was retired. And after a couple of weeks, the wife said, you got to get out of here. And uh, <laughs> we ended up buying a, a, a small distribution company that did a lot of newspapers and magazines that I, I, I was involved with. I got to know the other senior publications. And when they started to uh, disappear, I said, I might as well do one. So that's how I did it. As simple as that. Why did the other publications disappear? I know that there were several at the time you mentioned, but why did they disappear? I really think it was poor management, to be honest with you. There was always a market for seniors, and it's just a question of finding, well, what senior market are you looking for? A lot of it was really geared for people who were, I think, 80 and above, talking all about medical and health and, hey, you're going to die real soon, without realizing that seniors have a lot to give. And just because you're so-called senior doesn't mean that you're old and you can't do anything. I think that was an epiphany for AARP as well, because there's a a wide definition of senior, and they had to realize that, especially the baby boomers, were of a mentality that were not the same as those who were much older at the time. That's that's correct. You know, the funny thing, Ira, is that when I started the newspaper, it was originally called Senior Life. And I did an interview with the then mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman, And he was there with the actor-singer Bobby Darin. And while I was doing it, he made it very clear to me that he would never, ever read my publication. And I I died. I was so embarrassed. And I said, why? And he said, "Um, I'm not a senior. I said, you're 68 years old. He said, no, senior is a state of mind. It's not an age. And I want you to know that because of that meeting, I went home, and that next day, we changed the name of the publication from Senior Life to The Vegas Voice, and it's been successful ever since. Have you checked with Oscar to see if he's been reading it since? Well, you know, he still does, and his wife is now mayor, 
And uh, not only is she still reading it, my Rana, Rana Goodman and I would just happen in July to be called Las Vegas Citizens of the Month, what we did for all the so-called senior issues. So yeah, we know they read it. <laughs> what, what surprised you most once you got into that world? What surprised you most about seniors and their interests? The fact is that they have various interests. And the idea of saying, well, you're just a senior, and to lump them into a category, it, it doesn't go. I mean, our, our readers are 50 and over, and they are actively engaged, and they have, they're the only ones with money left, Ira. And to tell you the truth, we have two vacation clubs, and they have gone all over the world, and they're not old people. And I think that's a very big difference that people should understand. Yeah, they're active. And not only are they active in the sense of taking trips and being involved in that sense, but also in the political world as well. Uh, they are extremely active, and they are the highest category of people who vote. So any politician who wants to be elected, they're the first ones to come running to us and to get our support. And what can we do to make contact with these individuals? I find that you expanded beyond the typical commercial side of things. What I mean by that is you looked around and all these other senior publications were there and then they folded and you got into it. But you're actively involved in certain issues that are far apart from what the typical commercial side of marketing is. So that would be guardianship reform and a new project you have. So first, tell us about the guardianship reform. You know, it, it was one of those things that we fell into and we fell into it by accident. And that was with my uh, Ronna Goodman, who heard about guardianship, and she asked to write about it, and she wrote an article about it and didn't take any kind of, wasn't much of a reaction. And then she told me that she wanted to write about it again. And I said, no, that was something that the Vegas Voice never did. We didn't do continuous articles, it was one and done. Anyway, so help me, she stood in front of the TV set during the opening kickoff of the, of the football season, and she wasn't going to leave until I agreed to let her write a second one. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That tells me she has a lot of influence with you. Oh, yeah, very much so. <laughs> very much so. And it ended up that I said, look, you can write whatever you want. Just get out of the way. And <laughs> you know, is that, again... After my wife died 11 years ago, I met her through a columnist, and she's become my partner now in everything. And the, the funny thing is that she wanted to write about guardianship and, and the perils and, and the, the scandal, and I did, I did not want her to write about it. It wasn't what the Vegas Voice did. And what, she, what I ended up doing is that we had already planned a trip to go to Europe, and it was my goal that while we were in Europe, she would forget about it. I would talk her out of it. The interesting thing is that while we just got on the ship, I mean, we were on maybe 10 minutes, and she was walking to get something to eat. Some guy had his foot out in the aisle. She fell. She broke her shoulder in two places, and we had to cancel that trip. And it was a nightmare. And yet, as we were flying home, and she was in terrible pain, and she needed a caregiver, which became me. I said, what do you want to do? And she said, I want to write about this guardianship scandal. And because of that person, whoever that guy was who left his leg out, he was the one that really started the reform effort in Nevada over guardianship. Well, let's talk before you get down that road a little bit. 
Tell us what guardianship is, and then we can talk about why that project started with the paper. Guardianship is a fantastic theory. It is if somebody becomes incapacitated, dementia, Alzheimer's, something where they can't take care of themselves, and they don't have somebody to do so, the court will appoint a guardian, in effect, to take over this person's life and, and help them out. That's the, that was the theory. And the theory is great, except it got corrupted by a, a so-called private guardianship industry, which nobody ever heard of. And it was that industry that was just, just ripping off people left and right. So your magazine, and I said earlier newspaper, I meant magazine, your magazine took the reins of that campaign and started, as you said, writing about it initially. Does this mean you're never going to go on a cruise ship again? You know what? We, we were very careful. We went on another cruise ship. But I want you to understand, we're holding hands like we're honeymooners, you know, when I don't take any more chances. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, we, we've been able to go back. But it, it was really that cruise and the fact that she broke her shoulder that caused the entire change in the guardianship system in Nevada. Amazing. Why was it important to her particularly? And I understand your position. You had done the article, one and done, and you go on to other things, but it stuck with her. Was there a personal issue there, or was it just that she saw a need to reform? She is, she's the type of person that would try and save every puppy in the pound and every cat, and if there was a civic cause, a social cause, that was her. I mean, that was one of the reasons why I fell in love with her. She cares about people. And the interesting thing about it is that when she t would tell me these horror stories, and I did not believe her, and I did not believe what the law said at that time, I made it very clear to her, you have to show me exactly what you're saying. I'm not going to take your word for it. And Well, the that's more, the beginning of a very trusted relationship. Actually, it has been. But, and... Uh, Every time she mentioned something, it opened up a new, a new Pandora's box. And we were so surprised how blatant it was, and nobody knew about it. How was the reaction of your readership? Once we did our, our first special on it, it exploded. It, it, it was far beyond anything that the Vegas Voice ever, ever had. And I was surprised by how much it exploded. And it exploded in certain ways in which the readers were very concerned, and they should be. And the fact is that the government agency said, this move on, nothing to see here. And the more the government and the private industry said everything's fine, the more we got horror stories. And then we re researched and we investigated ourselves, and we met with certain people who were subject to it. And it, it, it was so outrageous that you really didn't believe it. And the hardest part we had, Ira, is once we started meeting with seniors, going out and doing seminars, they didn't believe us. Amazing. Did you find that resistance because of the self-interest of the private industry and that you were then able to move the needle because of the fact that you were bringing the subject up? You know what? It, it was, it's really twofold. One is the fact that they said, I can't believe it. If I wanted to take care, if I have a senior and they have an adult child, maybe 40, 50 years old, and that adult child, of course, would take care of the parent if, God forbid, something happens. Well, do you know that there was a law in Nevada that said if your adult child is out of state, if they live in California or New York or Florida, they couldn't be your guardian by law. 
And, and I know people are shocked. And that was the law. And a lot of seniors here, no one's from Nevada. Everybody came from other states. So when they said, well, no, no, I have an, my adult, I have an adult child. Again, 50, 60 years old is the adult, let's say. And they couldn't be the guardian. And that was absurd. And the other thing, which was, and that was by state law. And the other thing, which nobody knew, and we're still having resistance to it, is that they say, no, it can't happen to me. You know why? Because I went to an attorney and I have a power of attorney. And it's valid. It's signed, notarized, the whole bit. But if anything happens to me, my adult son, as an example, has the power of attorney. But what they don't know, and they didn't know, is that if someone like a private guardian takes you into court, the power of attorney is automatically revoked by court order. I don't care how good your power of attorney is. So that was another reason why the resistance that we had. Where are we now with that? Then I'll, I want to talk to you about your new project. But where are we now with guardianship reform? Very short story after six years is that we had the laws changed. So you can be a out-of-state guardian. The so-called bad actors, the private guardian industry, they got sent to jail. And there is now a certain form in Nevada called a guardianship nomination form, which if you fill it out and you file it with the Secretary of State of Nevada, you're not going to be taken. And we've had over 8,000 people file those petitions. That's impressive. And that's a, an amazing project for you to take on, even though it had to do originally with the crews tripping over the guy's leg. But still, the consequences of that are positive and far-reaching. It was something that, again, it was just Ronner and myself in a little two-bit senior magazine that it just shows you when you work hard and, and, and you really do research and investigate it, you still can get things done. Oh, absolutely. And it's not a two-bit magazine because it's free. So it doesn't no, cost a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now you have a new project. It's called Death with Dignity, Final Wishes Options in Nevada. Tell us about that. You know, what, what we have been finding out is that a lot of the seniors, the older people, when they start realizing that it's the end of life options, who decides what happens? And I had, a, a you know, my, my parents passed away, but the last couple of months was, was terrible. Ronna's parents passed away. And what happened is that we have found that it may not be for everybody, and we understand that, but, you know, when, when, when my cat had to be put down, as an example, I thought it was the most humane, generous thing you can do to an animal. And I'm thinking, if that happens to an animal, what happens to me? What happens when I turn, I get older? And I can't function. And how many times have you heard, well, I don't want to be a burden to my family? How many times, and I've heard this continuously, someone says, oh, I'm sorry your mom passed or your dad passed. But, you know, it's basically a relief. And it is something that is just, it's a terrible thing to consider, but yet everyone's going to die. And it's up to you to decide how you want to go about doing it. Do you want to spend four or five months, your last four or five months in pain and agony, lying in bed? I wrote about the fact that my, my dad, before he passed away, he had no idea who I was. He had no idea. And my mom was taking care of him 24-7. And what were we doing? 
very, very sadly, we were waiting for him to die. And that's what it comes down to. And it was, you know, you cry, you feel horrible, of course, but it's a relief. The, the misery in life is over on that. So there are a couple of states that do have death with dignity laws under very rigid conditions. And what we want to do is get that law passed in Nevada. And what we have found in a very preliminary poll, it's overwhelming by seniors. They want that decision. Well, I think also for people who want more information, they can go to VegasVoice.net and see all the projects there, as well as, as I mentioned in the opening, you've got blogs, you've got radio, a weekly radio show, you've got the monthly publication. So you're pretty active for a guy that supposedly retired and then got kicked out of the house and said, hey, you got to do something here. You know what? You turn around one day and say, how did it happen? You know, <laughs> it's never been busier. But you know what? It's it's not work if you enjoy it. Right. And I agree with you on that. That I agree. We absolutely enjoy it. I want to quote from HealthySouthernNevada.org and explain what, about the senior population and why it's important. And I'm going to quote, the age structure of a population is important in planning for the future of a community, particularly for schools, community centers, healthcare, and childcare. A population with more youth will have greater education and childcare needs while an older population may have greater health care needs. Older people are also far more likely to vote, making them an important political force, unquote, which we talked about earlier a little bit. So older people are not only, by your own testimony, active, they're active voters, they're active in the political world. They may not be working full-time or even part-time, but many of them are going to take classes. They will be traveling. They will be doing all kinds of stuff, even volunteering for political campaigns. Do you see the the perception of seniors, which sounds like the first question I should have asked you, but it's a, I think it's a good time now. Do you see the perception of seniors evolving so that as the baby boomers age further and seniors become younger and younger, that there's almost a subset of seniors that do certain things and another subset of seniors at a different age do other things? The answer is yes, but it, it's like everything else. You can't categorize seniors as one group. Agreed. There are some that are very active, and there are some that sadly are old. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And it's really a question of how do you want to spend your so-called golden years? You want to be active? You can be active. Okay, maybe you can't run a marathon in, in two hours or three hours, but you know what? You can walk over three days if you want. And, and you can do this and you can do that. And there's really no limit what you can do. And one of the things that we've been knocking down is like the so-called Generation X telling you, no, no, Grandpa, you can't do this anymore. Yeah, it is amazing that the perception from a younger generation is different than the actual person living that life at that age. It, and, and it's true. And yet in this generation, especially with COVID, how many young adults had to move back in with their parents because of the situation. And, and, you know, that caused enormous type of, not difficulties, but different way of looking at things. You mentioned earlier about the financial resources of seniors because they have money or not. Again, we're generalizing here. We're always generalizing whenever we talk about any population and any segment of a population and any senior segment of a population. So in general terms, they have more wealth than a younger generation would because they've worked their whole lives and they've invested their whole lives. And you mentioned earlier that 
the kids moving, well, kids or adult kids moving back in with their parents because of the challenges of not just COVID, but the economy itself. So do you see a reshaping of opinion of quote unquote seniors based on the last two or three years of COVID and inflation and the economy in general? That, not as much as I thought, although, although I have to be honest with you, especially with COVID, there are more precautions being taken. They're not quick to jump on a cruise ship. They're not quick to go to our entertainment shows. I mean, that shutdown really affected everything. And you can see slowly but surely they're making sure that everything is good and they're starting to slowly come back out of their homes. Do you think part of that is just wisdom? If you know that there's something that's contagious and you know that your immune system may not be top notch, you want to be cautious in your approach to socializing. You may do it in smaller groups and then eventually go to a larger event where there's thousands of people. You know what? I would say yes. And I think it's like when you're 18 and 20 years old, you can't get hurt. You're invincible. I mean, you know that. With age comes wisdom saying, wait a minute, maybe I just shouldn't do that right now. One of those type of things. And I think that comes with wisdom as you mature, as you get older. It's the old thing of wearing sensible shoes. They may not be stylish, but it'll keep you from falling. Absolutely. I think that's, <laughs> that really is it all. Yeah. yeah, it does. How do you see, now I'm going to be more specific. We talked about seniors in general, but you have a unique experience because you're dealing with seniors that are in Las Vegas and people who are listening to us, not only in Las Vegas, but around the world. There may be some unique aspects of seniors living in Las Vegas because of the perception of Las Vegas, as opposed to Los Angeles, Denver, New York, Philadelphia, Fort Collins. I can keep going with cities, but you get my, yeah. my point. Yeah. You know, one of the things, it's funny, when I moved here in 99 and I spoke to people, I'm moving to Las Vegas. And they said, oh, really? What casino are you staying in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? and, but it's a vibrant senior communities in Las Vegas. And it, it's not Las Vegas, the strip. It is a like a phoenix. It's It's warm weather. And that's comfortable. And it's still small enough that you still know who your neighbors if you want to. Yeah, that's I, that's the thing. A lot of people right? don't yeah, a lot of people don't want to know their neighbors for them for whatever reason. That, but that is true also. But you know what? Again, nobody here lives in Las Vegas, you know, that's from Las Vegas. So it's a question of, oh, I'm from New York, I'm from Chicago, and they don't know anybody. And they just came here to retire. It it is cheaper. In New York, Chicago, safer than the big cities. And there are certain Sun City communities that are geared for age-qualified people. And, you know, it's not a bad life. I want to correct you on one thing because there are a lot of, and my wife would be on me if I didn't correct you, there are a lot of seniors, not her, but there are a lot of seniors who are born and raised here. So there, okay. yeah, there is, there is a, a decent amount. It's not a typical amount that would be in a, perhaps a regular type of city. But in Las Vegas, there is a substantial group born and raised here. You know, and, and it, it, there are, I mean, there really are. And my Rana was here since she was 12, you know, one of those type of things. But I can't tell you how many times I walk into a room and they recognize the New York accent and they say, well, what part of New York are you from? I'm from and you know, it's just a, a nice way to meet people. And, you know, as you get older, it gets hard to make friends, so to speak, because you get Locked into what you've been doing all your life. One thing that you never did do is lose your accent since you've been here. I, 
funny. I tell people they have the accent. I don't. <laughs> I think you might have cut off, but what part of New York are you from? Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just that, again, I'm, I'm from the Bronx originally. And my executive director, the guy who's with me all the time, Bill Caserta, he's a year older than me. And what we found out is he only lived about two, three miles from where we both grew up in the Bronx. Small world. A small world. Yeah. And a, a lot of people are from the Bronx, a lot of people from Brooklyn. Again, same thing with Chicago. You ask a couple of questions and you'll get there. And a lot of those people have clubs in Las Vegas as well, people that are from New York or Chicago, et cetera. And that makes a lot of sense. So before I let you go, tell us what your future plans are for the Vegas Voice in terms of either new projects or new platforms or any expansion in your mind. Thank you. I mean, we, we've been doing the magazine and we love doing that. But we started doing YouTube videos. And it's pretty much taking the magazine, putting it to video. And we've been doing a whole bunch of stuff with that. And I have to tell you, Ira, we have no idea what we're doing. But nobody nobody has more fun. Nobody has more fun than we do. We're, We're about to go into podcasting like yourself. And it's a learning lesson. And I'm sure, Ira, there's work, there's research that you do when you put your podcast together. But I bet you enjoy the hell out of it, just as much as, as I'm sure we do with our videos. And we have a ball with it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's work, but it's that. fun work. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And what better way to spend your time than doing something that you enjoy doing? And also, I think that if you can get your subscribers and your readers into the world of podcasting and listening to podcasting, and maybe even doing their own podcast, but at least listening to your podcast, then that's a step forward as well. because. I think that a lot of people, regardless of age, are always a little afraid or hesitant to embrace new technology. But once you get the basics down and you master the basics, not all the complex aspects of it, but once you master the basics and you realize you can do it, there's no better feeling. I agree completely. You know, the funny thing is that when I started in the magazine at like 2003, the idea of getting emails, it really wasn't that that prevalent. And I mean, we received phone calls from readers. And faxes. (laughs) And faxes, right. And now everything is via email. Everything is, instead of a conference, maybe you do a Zoom. And uh, it just shows you how the world has changed since we've grown up. It has. And that's a great way to leave it. My guest has been Dan Roberts, publisher, editor of The Vegas Voice. The monthly publication also promotes events, including a political ballot forum on October 17th at 6 p.m., sponsors a weekly radio show, and is active in guardianship reform and their new senior civic project, Death with Dignity, Final Wishes Options in Nevada. For everything about The Vegas Voice, go to vegasvoice.net and follow them on Facebook and YouTube. And Dan, thanks for being on the show. I thank you for having us. I mean, for me, I really enjoyed it. Again, this is the first time I've done something like this. It's pretty good. I'm glad we started it for you. That's great. There you go. Thanks again and see you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world.